and then, here and there, and always at sexpotcomedy.com. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrator's Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. The show takes place on the third Wednesday of every month at the Buntport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Hey there, everybody. It's Ron Doyle. You know, the older I get, the harder it is for me to cry. Tears just don't come the way they used to. I was so good at crying. I had tears for all occasions, good and bad. I had laughing, giddy tears, alone in the back of the theater tears, furious at the world tears, tears that would snowball into these heaving sobs that would leave me a raw and blotchy, runny-nosed mess. But today, instead of tears, my throat catches... The muscles around my larynx begin to tighten and a lump forms and it presses against my vagus nerve and all these autonomic reactions kick in. My heart starts pounding. I feel short of breath and this twinge of nausea rises in my stomach. And I can sense tears welling up at the base of my lower eyelids, but they just never fall. And for a long time, I worried about it because it's not like my emotions are any weaker than they were before. I still feel things just as intensely. I wondered if it was caused by me changing hormonally or if all the years of male socialization had finally seeped into my psyche and left me incapable of expressing what's going on inside. But you know, I've grown to love the feeling. It's my body's way of choking me into awareness, telling me, shut up. Don't speak. Don't cry. Don't even breathe. Just keep still and pay attention because something important is happening. I have had a lump in my throat all week because the narrator San Diego debuted just three days ago and I am over the moon happy for what's happening there, what it means for this show and for this podcast. And I've been listening to the raw audio, the stories that were told at that first show and dude, so good. Denver, we're not living in a vacuum anymore. We have competition on the coast. You know, there's usually a delay between the live shows and the podcast, but I can't wait a second longer to share this with you. Today's story was told literally three days ago by my friend and favorite Verklempt-inducing storyteller, Robert Rutherford. When Robert's not co-hosting the narrator San Diego and fielding my long-winded emails and unrealistic ideas, he works as a museum educator and the digital content developer at the San Diego Natural History Museum. Robert's story was recorded live on September 8th, 2015 at the Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California. The theme of the evening was firsts. Thanks. Um, Thank you again for being here. It's so amazing to look out on all of your beautiful faces. So I know that we've already laid out that the premise is uh, true stories. And so now I have the difficult task of convincing you that my grandmother, Renee, was a time traveler. Because it's true. The first time she did it, I assume it was by accident, and I assume that it scared and surprised her. And then she did it just a little bit at a time over the course of what normal folks would perceive as a decade until she finally found a tear in that heavy fabric of time that she opened up and slipped through. Most of my memories of her are situated in the time before she learned how to do it, 
Some of my earliest musical memories are of her playing John Williams' score to Star Wars, and those are formative memories indeed. Renee didn't seem to care too much for the movie, but she did like the score. And she would sit me down with a double gatefold album to unfold and peruse while she cooked or while she tanned. I would lose myself in the music and in my imagination, running my fingers across the faces of my favorite characters depicted on the cover, and she would follow John Williams' score with albums by Bach or Puccini or Rachmaninoff, so that to me, all classical music sounded like music from the Star Wars universe. When there wasn't music playing on the stereo, Renee would whistle. Her head was swimming with melodies, and you could usually locate her in the house by locating the lilting refrains of the Moonlight Sonata or an ascending line plucked from a fugue. She loved to tan. She would strap on a bikini, slather her body with bande sole tanning grease, tune the stereo in the living room to the classical station and head out to the deck where she would sizzle for hours, a dog-eared Irma Bombeck book collecting sweat and oil stains on the towel next to her as she napped. She tanned herself into supple leather every summer, as brown as a saddle and soft as chamois. She smoked Pall Mall filterless cigarettes when she drove and kept the windows rolled up. She cooked a wicked goulash. She cackled when she laughed, and that was unsettling. Her lips tightened and blanched when she got mad. She was quiet and temperamental. She had that pendulous matronly quality that old ladies have. Renee started time traveling around the time that my mother, my three sisters, and I moved in with my grandparents after my mother divorced my stepfather in my 13th year. No one noticed it at first, and she wouldn't talk about her travels. It took quite a while for anyone to catch on that she was doing it at all. Our lives in the present moved on without impact, stretching out before us in lines that did not deviate from that which the clock prescribes. My mother struggled in her need for help in finding her way out of a lonely marriage. My sisters turned from gangly tomboys into fierce young women. I found drugs and rock and roll. Our lives were segmented into measurable lengths of time predicated on future touchstones, a due bill, the end of summer, Thanksgiving, Easter, catechisms, swim meets, new episodes of our favorite television shows. But not for Renee. She had found a way to travel backwards in time, some nameless device cupped in the palm of her hand, carried under her tongue or slipped into the curls of her hair. I think that what she had discovered was that she could travel back for a few moments at a time, leaping back whenever she chose into some memory. But it was not without its side effects. Every time she traveled back through time to visit some memory, she would leave something of the present behind when she came back. And the more she did it, the more she became confused by an asynchronous reality. It started out as little things, like having a hard time reckoning with the fact that tape dispensers exist, or how to use a lighter. Maybe if she traveled to a time before those things existed, before they had been invented, that would be the piece of the present that she would leave behind. And when she encountered them again in the present, there formed in her mind a crisis of newness. Everything else in our world was familiar, but these small implements so radical and basic in their design would seem alien and fake. We didn't know what to make of her confusion, and because she wouldn't let on that she had been dipping into the past, we laughed off confusing moments and quickly changed the subject whenever she would come into the kitchen at dinnertime clutching a tape dispenser. Her lips ringed in little white wrinkles where she had pinched off the blood flow, her eyes fixed on this alien technology that she shook, the sand in the base rasping like a muted shaker. 
Time traveling irritated her. She couldn't stop doing it. Can you imagine the allure? How much comfort did she find there? Seeing her children young again or falling in love for the first time all over again or running through the grassy badlands of South Dakota of her youth, knee-high to a grasshopper and shrieking with feckless joy? She may have talked to my mother about it, but she was reserved around my sisters and I. Over the course of a couple years, she became obsessed with traveling backwards, and the side effects increased. Her sense of the present tense was no longer linear. It folded back on itself. For Renee, the clock revolved in fits and starts, spinning out of control in the wrong direction at times, only to freeze and then start again. More little things were lost to her, and she spent most of her time in the present agitated. She would walk through the house whistling familiar melodies, trying to situate herself in rooms filled with objects she could not name. Her whistle became constant, and then even that started to bend towards the unintelligible. She had been to that epic that exists before the songs in her heart had been played, and they too faded. My, grather, my grandfather watched on in horror, frustrated and unable to locate this nameless device that she used to move back and forth through time. He was tender with her and stern. They moved into a small trailer that they kept parked outside of the house, and her world became small and austere. She would wake in the morning, dress, and wander through the house, breaking away to that secret place where she visited the time before structures, the time before words. She whistled and she wandered. She laid her hands on alien objects in the rooms of her former life. She stopped smiling and simply set her face in a scowl. Her whistle thinned and became a reedy hum, tufts of breath without the strength to form notes anymore. The present no longer suited her. In 1995, my grandfather had a heart attack and died face down in the dust of a Yuma motor park where he had parked the trailer for the winter. My mother and my aunts brought Renee back to Colorado and she moved into a nursing home. Her once curly gray hair began to straighten and grew long. She lost weight under the minimal care of the nursing home staff. Where did she go when she went back in time? Did she push back beyond herself? I thought about how she must have been pushing back to the very limits of her conception every time she went. I couldn't understand why she would continue to exist in a time that she didn't feel at home in. Why wouldn't she just let go of the present? This nameless device marooned her in a type of purgatory. I got to hold her hand the night before she left for good. Her gray hair had started to turn blonde and her skin had started to smooth. The leathery old lady I knew was regressing. The crow's feet that stretched out from her eyes in radiant lines and the deep creases that furrowed into her cheeks from laughing had disappeared. Her hands had become delicate and papery. She was warm all over. She had no more words to offer. They had been lost one by one. She had stopped whistling. She had gone back beyond melody to a time when there was only rhythm, and as I sat in her room and held her hand, I listened to her breathing, slow and steady. I wondered if she had figured out a way to go all the way back, if she had figured out a way to stay wherever she went. She looked amazing that night, radiant, younger than I had ever seen her. She took deep, long breaths, measured out as a lugubrious waltz. My mother stayed with Renee that night, and at some point during the next morning, my grandmother pushed back beyond her time in the nursing home, 
back beyond the death of her husband, the death of her son, the birth of her grandchildren and children, back beyond the songs of her youth and the migration of her parents, and further still, back beyond melody, back beyond rhythm, back beyond the humming drift of the continents, the gaseous swirl, back beyond the very moment, the mere moment, the first moment, the seeds and their sowing, further still, to where there was no time, nothing for her to forget, nothing but silence and speed. And that's where she stopped. Thanks. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Aaron Rollman, Mary Robertson, and me, Ron Doyle. I produce and record the podcast with engineering assistance by Josh Johnson. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. The Narrators podcast is brought to you by these amazing sponsors. The great guys at Illegal Pete's and Greater Than Records, who in addition to providing rad burritos all over town, provide great local music and comedy. The next time you need a photographer, remember From the Hip Photo. You can learn more about their honest and unforgettable service at fromthehipphoto.com. Check out the appropriately named Sexy Pizza on their website, sexypizzaonline.com. And finally, by Breckenridge Brewery, making balanced, approachable, and interesting handcrafted beers in Colorado for over 25 years. Check them out at breckbrew.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or on your favorite mobile podcatcher. For more information and to find past episodes, visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.